The Daily Gazette Company presents the Parting Shots Podcast. Now, here's your host, Daily Gazette Sports Editor, Ken Schott. Prisoner of your love, entangled in your web, hot whispers in the night, I'm captured by your spell, oh yes, I'm touched by this show of emotion, should I be fractured? My all-time favorite Tina Turner song, Better Be Good to Me, uh, from the Private Dancer album back in the uh, mid-1980s when uh, her career was revived, in which she went on to superstardom and was just uh, a force in music. And um, it was a tough day when uh, May 24th we learned that Tina passed away at the age of 83 from natural causes and uh, her voice was silenced and we're going to miss Tina Turner. Hello, everyone. This is uh, Ken Schott, sports editor of the Daily Gazette. Welcome to the Parting Shots podcast, an unusual beginning to this podcast, a little um, down uh, uh, with Tina's passing, but we're going to have a good podcast for you. Um, I'll talk a little about Tina in just a minute. Uh, we're going to talk uh, NBA playoffs with uh, two of our Capital Region uh, media members uh, who have gone on to great uh, fame, uh, Tim Reynolds from the Associated Press. He covers the NBA for... Um, uh, the AP and Mark Kesheser, uh voice of uh, the NBA on ESPN Radio, will preview the Heat and the Nuggets. Uh, that series gets underway. The final start uh, Thursday at eight thirty, and then I'm gonna have my opinion on what has become a dumpster fire with the Albany Empire. Uh, and we'll talk about that after uh, our preview of the NBA Finals. But I just wanted to you know, say a couple more words about Tina uh, Turner, just a, 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 a force in music. Uh, she started out with Ike Turner. Of course, we know the abusive relationship that, that she had with him, and she got away from him finally. And uh, you know, They had some good – they made some good music. Of course, they their um, rendition of Proud Mary, the Creedence Clearwater revival hit, was a great version. They do it differently. It was even nice and slow and then nice and rough, and uh, that was a, that was just a great song. Uh, but like I said, Tina Turner really hit it big in the mid-'80s. Um, she did a cover of Al Green's What's Love Got to Do With It, and that was good. Uh, it, it did well, and uh, Capitol Records decided to give her a chance to do an album with uh, Private Dancer, and uh, you know, better be good to me as it was on that Private Dancer, obviously. But the one really hit that really uh, got her going was What's Love Got to Do with It, and uh, from there on, it was just you know, Tina Turner was just all over the place. Great, made some duets uh, with uh, the other artists. So uh, it's it was a sad day uh, when uh, May twenty fourth when we heard that uh, she had passed away, but. Um, we love you, Tina. We're going to miss you. And we'll have one more salute uh, later on in the podcast um, with uh, Tina Turner. So coming up, we'll talk NBA playoffs with uh, Tim Reynolds and Mark Ketchester. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast. Hey, auto racing fans. The Daily Gazette's auto racing contest is back. Here's how to play. Pick the top five finishers in the weekly NASCAR race and get a chance to win a $50 ShopRite gift card. To play, go to dailygazette.com and click on the Auto Racing Contest banner. The Daily Gazette's Auto Racing Contest is run by the Advertising Department and not affiliated with the Sports Department. Take the Daily Gazette, the local voice of the Capital Region, along with you wherever you go. Want to win an Apple iPad? Download the app at either the Apple App Store or Google Play and enter the contest inside the app to win. Don't wait. The contest ends July 31st at midnight. The winner will be notified by the email used to enter the contest. Good luck. Hi, this is Andrew Catalan of CBS Sports and formerly of News Channel 13 WNYT. You're listening to the Parting Shots podcast with Daily Gazette sports editor Ken Schott. Well, I don't know if we'll see snowfall in Denver. We'll probably see some rain, but we're going to see 
Definitely see some NBA action. The finals for the first time in Denver as the Nuggets get set to host the Miami Heat in Game 1 starting Thursday night on our NBA Roundtable participants. The Capital Region's own Mark Kessiser and Tim Reynolds joining us. And uh, ironically, the song I just played by Dave Logmans came out in 1974 as the title's Please Come to Boston. We're not going to Boston now, obviously. So. <laughs> I was gonna. I was gonna say. I think there's another verse that says, "Please come to Boston." Yeah, that's, that's, well, the, that's the first. That's verse, not happening. Yeah, that's the first verse. But uh, guys, appreciate the, a few minutes. Um, well, let's just talk about this. I mean, the Nuggets, the last of the ABA teams that came over in 1976 to make the finals. They, I, I mean, they haven't played since May 22nd. I mean, are they in the? How 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 excited is Denver for this game and matchup? Well. I, I was over there for, I guess, their first practice ever, for their first finals practice ever. And um, you know, I think there's some excitement that comes with finally knowing your opponent. I mean, obviously, they've done a lot of work on both the Heat and the Celtics. Um, they had a flight uh, planned for Tuesday afternoon just in case they had to go to Boston. I mean, they've made every arrangement, every contingency, but, but it gets real now. And so... Um, you know, Michael Malone is one of the most loquacious, smartest. Um, he, he he just he's he will fully understand this moment and says all the right things. Um, and I think his uh, you know Kesty will will back me up on this. Michael's ability to give us a great quote, I believe, will only go up during the finals. I, I think his quote game will rise um, to the moment as well. Uh, it's it's just, it's really, really neat um, to be around a team that's trying to do something for the first time. I'll tell you what was strange. I took my flight from Miami to Denver, and there was, you know, people who knew heat and people who wanted to talk heat there doesn't really seem to be a palpable buzz in the city yet about the nba finals here in denver and i kind of wonder if that's because they haven't played a game in about seven and a half months or, or so <laughs> i wonder yeah, if they, I, I wonder if they're just getting tired for perpetual christmas day around here so i i completely agree with the michael malone uh quote machine he's one of the great coaches to talk to off air on the air we even had petty michael malone during the Western Conference Finals that uh, oh, I was fortunate so that I, I was great that I was fortunate to cover. You know, it's interesting when I was here for uh, games one and two of that series. One thing I did not know, and maybe I should have, is that um, many of the people in the city don't get altitude. It's not on their cable systems, so I don't know if that's part of the reason why there's less buzz than you would expect. I mean, obviously the Denver Broncos are a huge part of what goes on here. The Avalanche won a Stanley Cup just a year ago. Uh, the You know, the, the Nuggets are a known quantity. You mentioned they came in. Uh, they were in the ABA Finals the last year before the merger. They had a terrific team that contended in the mid-70s during right after the merger. Uh, they had their moment in the 80s, and our old pal George Carl had him a couple wins away in 2009. So, you know, there's a thirst here, but I, I do wonder as well. There's definitely a segment of Nuggets fans but I didn't sense that, you know, same kind of city buzz, even with LeBron James and the Lakers here just a couple of weeks ago. Now, again, I've been in town for about 10 minutes, so I haven't had a chance to check it out now that it's the finals. But I wonder if that's, you know, part of the reason as well. That's, that's yeah, the altitude. Yeah. Let me jump in on that. Too. The, the, the part about altitude, the, the, the fact that a lot of Nuggets fans have been unable to watch their team the way they want to watch it because of this ongoing weird whatever with 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 their with i mean i guess it's the rsn and something i mean i it's it's something that had this has been on adam silver's desk for two or three years i think at least Cassie, am i right i mean i think it's been yeah. it's been a minute here and even the nba can't solve that problem and uh the nba tends to be able to solve problems with a few phone calls so it's, it, this has been really unfortunate for denver and wow that's an excellent point I hope that that's not watering down this accomplishment and, and what could happen here in the next couple of weeks because despite what some people in our field say, um, it's a fascinating basketball team. I hope fans get as much of it as they possibly can, but that's a really good point by Mark. Not everybody in Denver gets to follow the Nuggets the way they want to. 
That's amazing because we obviously you know, we saw what the Avalanche you know, have, did last year, winning the cup, and they seem. I mean, they've hey, they've had a history. That was their third Stanley Cup they've won since moving there in 1995 from Quebec. Uh, it, I would think if, you know, for the first time in this franchise's history, they're finally playing for an NBA championship. You think I would think that the buzz would be just off the charts. I mean, Bronco mania like type stuff. Yeah, it's you know I, I think it will be obviously. Once you get out of round one and even during round one, um, you know, most of the games, if not all, are nationally broadcast. So if you have cable, you can get TNT, ESPN. Now all these games are going to be over the air on ABC. They have no problem selling out Ball Arena. There's no doubt. I mean, they could probably sell it out two times over. There's enough fans. Uh, but, you know, uh, you know, can you know and Tim knows certainly from traveling around the country and around the globe when you get to certain events – you know, you expect to see certain things in the airports, in downtown, and uh, I don't necessarily see that. It may not speak, you know, to uh, the fans' excitement. It may be a little bit more uh, than it appeared in the Western Conference Finals, and I hope it is, and it should be, uh, especially with home court advantage, especially with one of the game's transcendent players in Jokic, and they've got such a great roster of, of guys doing it, as Tim said, for the first time. And an outstanding coach, you know, comes from NBA lineage and has put his entire life into this um, and has a great opportunity. And I agree with Michael Malone, you know, uh, you, you got to stop looking at the Miami Heat as an eight seed. And even though you hear every coach try to talk the opposition up, I still believe, um, look, uh, I'm the first one who hasn't expected anything from Miami right from the end of the regular season, right into the play in games through every series they've been in. They've just been incredible and they've uh, accomplished way more than I could have imagined. And, um, and now I'm finally to the point in the finals where I'm like, all right, that's the team I expect to see against Denver in game one and throughout the finals. Tim Reynolds, he covers the NBA for the Associated Press, and Mark Kessinger, the voice of the NBA on ESPN Radio, joining me here on the Parting Shots podcast. And Kessler, you bring up that number eight C with the Heat. People, I think, tend to forget they won the Southeast Division, and the, 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 but the NBA does not reward you for winning a division as a, for a, one of the top three seeds because they do it by conference record, and because their their, their record was not good. They were a number seven seed, so they had to go through the play-in game, and they nearly didn't even make the playoffs. I mean, they lost to uh, Atlanta in the first game of the play-in, and then they barely got by Chicago in the uh, second play-in game, so that's why they were the eighth seed. I mean, how embarrassing would it have been if a division winner like Miami doesn't even make the playoffs? I think didn't the Southeast Conference get relegated to the CBA? I'm not sure. I, I don't know if I read uh, – Tim might have wrote that earlier this year. I don't know. Um, I just – it's it's amazing to me. We were in Toronto uh, for one of the play-in games so when the Bulls beat the Raptors and then Chicago went to Miami and looked like they were going to take out the heat. And I remember – I forget whose talk show I was on, um, but it was Miami against Milwaukee. It's game two, actually. Tyler Hero had just broken uh, his hands and fingers. And, you know, there's always the report that, well, if they make the finals, maybe he could return. And I'm like, make the finals? They're going to play the Milwaukee Bucks. And, uh, boy, have they made us look bad. Um, made me look bad. I, I want to say us because I'm sure Tim's been on that train the whole time. Uh, but it's, uh, it, it is pretty remarkable. It's, it's a season. Tim will have way better thoughts on this than I do because I was so far. I never even called a Miami Heat game on national radio this year, but from afar and watching league passes I do every night, I just couldn't figure out that team. They have talent, but they were so wildly inconsistent. I couldn't figure it out, so I figured that inconsistency would catch up with them in the play, and it nearly did, but six weeks later, here we are getting ready for the finals with the Miami Heat. Just incredible. Please don't ask me to figure this team out. <laughs> please, please you see don't enough do that. that. You, you live down in Miami. You see enough of this team. What does it say about the job that Eric Spolstra has done? What does that you know, I mean? Well, is he a Hall of Famer? Is, I think he probably is. Well, he was a, he was a Hall of Famer before this. Yeah. I mean, he, he absolutely is a Hall of Famer. And, I mean, this is a guy who's never been coach of the year because I still believe a lot of the voting block um, says, well, he had LeBron James. You know, he hasn't had LeBron in a decade. It, it, it's you know it, it, it's it's just I, I, Spo just comes up with new tricks, new ways. It, it's 
I, I just I don't think there's a bad coach in the NBA. Obviously, oh, but wait, but I, I disagree with you, Doc Rivers. Thank you. That, that's... <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know better. You know that was But we have just seen three coaching master classes from him. And and that's not an indictment of Mike Budenholzer, who should not have been fired, by the way. I just I can't that one puzzles me on, on a number of levels. Um you know, Tom Thibodeau is no slouch. Um and, and Joe Missoula, Joe Missoula got dealt a really crappy hand this year. Joe Missoula was ready to be a lead assistant again. I mean, guy, there's a natural progression to becoming a head coach. He wasn't ready to be a head coach the way that situation transpired back in September. I thought what went on during the East Finals was just so unfair to Joe, how they got down 3-0 and everybody's calling for his head. Um, I thought Joe did a great job. So, again, I don't, other than maybe, I'll give you Doc, sure, whatever. <laughs> I don't agree with you, but for the sake of argument. Tim, you have to talk to my son. Uh, I, he has, Spo has just amazing respect from his peers. And if you had guessed that 15 years ago, when, again, the perception was that he was just Pat Riley's hand-picked puppet, um, this team does nothing the way Riley did it, other than they still use those big blue index cards that Pat loves for some reason to draw stuff up, and they work hard. Those are the only two parallels from the Pat era. Everything else has changed. The game has changed so much. Spo's philosophy has evolved. Uh, he was a Hall of Famer long before now. But, you know, this is – I don't know how many people in that room, if you hooked them up to a machine – would have said, yes, we're, we're going to the finals. I will say this about the Tyler Hero injury situation. He broke his hand in game one. They were going to be in Milwaukee, which is his hometown, for four more days. And they offered him the chance to go home and get the surgery done, then come back, go home and get the surgery done just to save a few days, just in case. And Tyler was like, I'd rather stay here with the guys. I'd rather be part of the team. I don't, I, I don't want to miss a moment of this. So if you go back to then, he might have been ready for game one of the finals had he, had he gone home for the surgery. Those four days are basically going to be the first four days of the series, and that's why he's going to play game three instead of game one. We think he's going to play game three anyway. It's really, really strange how that worked out. But, yes, there was absolute thought in the Heat group at game one of round one. Um, we need him for the finals. How do we get him back as fast as possible? What the Heat went through in that Eastern Conference final, uh, up 3 nothing in the series, then all of a sudden they looked like they won game six, and then, then, then obviously the video review showed the basket was good. So you're going to Boston game seven. We saw what happened with the Sixers in Game 7 in Boston. Did Tim and Mark, did you expect what we saw on Monday night that the Miami Heat would just dominate and just blow the Celtics out of their own building? Uh, based on our three-way text in anticipation of our, this podcast, I'm going to say none of us. Uh, <laughs> not that we didn't think there was a possibility Miami could win, just I don't think anybody thought they could go into Boston dominate or thought Boston would play as poorly or Jason Tatum would turn his ankle on the first play of the game. Um, it, it's, it was it was shocking. Um, it does not surprise me that the Miami Heat are in the finals because, uh, you know, a, a lot of us in the media double book. I had a flight to Denver set days ago. <laughs> I was like, I'm pretty sure they're going to win this thing. Now, going into game seven, was I as confident? No, because of the history of this league. Um, where, you know, home court advantage has usually through the years meant so much. And obviously in the very few cases, count them on one hand, that a team comes back down 0-3, you haven't had home court. So it felt like it was going in that direction. But just a testament again, um, you know, to Eric Spolstra and his assistants. Um, you know, Kevin Love and Cody Zeller have been a, a big part of this team's down the stretch and into the playoffs resurgence and, um, you know, those guys didn't play. Saw Haywood Highsmith, you know, get nine good minutes. Um, Caleb Martin, you know, the Mountain West Conference Player of the Year seven years ago, now looking like an NBA All-Star. I mean, he just knows how 
which talent to use, uh, how to maximize and, and take advantage. And um, I should not be surprised. I will not be surprised anymore this year, I hope, because uh, it's just it's what he's done for 15 years, Eric Spolstra. And um, Jimmy Butler's just a different animal when the calendar changes post-tax day. Um, it's just remarkable to watch. Tim might have had a cl- definitely had a closer seat to the Eastern Conference Finals uh, than I did, but uh, I certainly did not see that coming. I um, I may or may not have had the opportunity to purchase Green Monster tickets for Friday night <laughs> at Fenway, and nearly said, you know, sure, let's go ahead and do that. Uh, that that's so I I'm, I'm missing out. The, the Rockies are not home this week so i'm missing out on seeing baseball um i i did not give them a great chip because obviously you look they they had lost three in a row they're going to boston they're not going to win a game seven on the road in td garden i mean no south florida team has won a game seven on the road in boston in nearly a month (laughs) well played i mean it has been our great national nightmare is over every 29 days we eliminate somebody on their on their floor or ice in boston it's kind of wild um it's you know what he said what 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 cassie said about caleb is 100% right. And, and it's not just what they've done with Caleb Martin. The, the Heat have more points and more starts from undrafted guys in this playoffs than the other 15 teams in the league combined uh, from, from their undrafted guys. It's they, they see if, if a player has a certain NBA skill, whatever it is, defending, shooting, ball handling, passing, if they find that one skill they hone that skill within an inch of its life and they figure out a way to make it work within the confines of their system. Duncan Robinson, Gabe Vincent, Caleb Martin, Udonis Haslam undrafted, and he only lasted 20 years with them. Mm. He's trying to retire and they won't let him <laughs> at this point. Um, and, and it's not just this team. Like This has been the Heat trademark forever. So they're going to find a guy and they're going to trust their player development system, and it always seems to work out for them. And I think that is one of the reasons why you go to seven finals in 18 seasons more than anyone else in that span, because you're not just doing it through the draft. You're not just betting on free agency or that you can get guys. I mean, they're, you know, the big three era ended nine years ago, and the Heat have still been very competitive. Yeah, they've had some clunker seasons in there, no question. But they've been very competitive more often than not even without that LeBron, Dwayne, Chris Bosh buzz that they had for those four years. They've shown they can win in multiple ways. Let's take a quick break. We'll talk more about the NBA Finals. I want to get Tim's thoughts about what's going on down in Miami with the Heat and the Panthers. Uh, You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast. Meet Andrew Waite. He's a dedicated journalist with a passion for research and a commitment to getting all sides of the story. Whether it's a local issue or an upstate trend, I do the stories and interviews that shed light on what's important to you. Stay informed. Read Andrew Waite in the Daily Gazette. It's my job to offer commentary about what's happening in our community and what it means to our readers. The Gazette, reporting based on accuracy and integrity. It's who we are. It's what we do. Hi, this is Union College men's hockey head coach Josh Hoji. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast with Daily Gazette sports editor Ken Schott. Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, Tim Reynolds, the Associated Press, who covers the NBA for the AP, and uh, Mark Ketzer, the voice of the uh, NBA on ESPN Radio, two Capital Region natives, going to be out covering the NBA Finals. And uh, let's break this down. I mean, obviously, the Joker did not win the MVP this year, but I think he's got a lot to prove. Uh, uh, turning as it looks like now, of course, my bitter Sixer uh, fandom, uh, Joel Embiid turned out to be a fraud MVP. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> what is it about Joe, Joe, the Joker that he's you know, a dominant player? What makes him so good? Tim, I, I believe you voted for uh, Jokic, so you were the smarter of the two of us who had a vote. I went with Embiid, but I have to say, the last couple years, and I'll throw Giannis in there as well, have been so hard to vote for one guy you could come up with a number of pros and cons for both mostly pros 
It was a very hard vote last year to go Jokic ahead of Embiid. It was equally as difficult to go the other way this year. Um, but, you know, ha- seeing the Joker up close in the Western Finals, as I did, um, you know, if I had an opportunity, I know it's a regular season vote, but it would have swayed, you know, my vote because it, he's impossible to defend. Number one, you can come up with all kinds of schemes and Eric Spolster's going to. And, you know, the Lakers made his life a little difficult in games three and four. Uh, but, you know, he's just so good. He's the best, you know, big man, passing big man that I've seen. You know, in the 20-odd years I've been at ESPN Radio. Uh, and, and he could shoot at 40-plus percent from three on top of it. I mean, he's a three-level killer on the offensive game. And he just sees it. His IQ is through the charts. And he's got his weapons back. I mean, Jamal Murray's back. He's 100% back to what we saw in the bubble. Um, Michael Porter Jr. also dealt with back problems and three back surgeries throughout his young life. Is back. Uh, you know, they brought Contavious Caldwell-Pope over, which was a great signing. Uh, he could play defense and can shoot the three. Bruce Brown, who many NBA fans aren't familiar with, uh, but played with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and James Harden for a spell in Brooklyn and is a terrific six-man off the bench. I mean, they they are, because not only can fans in Denver, the local fans, not see the team on TV as much, but uh, if you don't pay attention on the East Coast, you're not watching the Joker and you've missed this brilliance. And it was on full display against Phoenix in round two. And it was on full display against the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. Um, and, and just it's, uh, it's an honor to watch it up close, to be honest with you. And I can't wait to see how the Heat uh, opt to try to defend him in the finals. Yeah, N- Nikola Jokic, to me, proves what I've said throughout my time playing the game. That speed and athleticism are wildly overrated. <laughs> They, I, I, I thought I had. I mean, he reminds me of me with how slow he is sometimes. It, it, it's truly something to watch. Um, I've never seen a guy who can slow the game down as efficiently as as he can. Mark's absolutely right. He's going to see multiple multiple defensive schemes, and he's seen them all. Nothing. I mean, the Lakers did a very good job. There were four or five quarters there. Um, late in that series where they really kind of got him off his off his stride a little bit. Um, and they still didn't win a game. And, and that's, that's what has to keep Eric Spolstra up right now as he gets settled in here in Denver. Um, when Jokic is great, they don't lose. Jokic wasn't always great against the Lakers. Still average a triple-double in the series. Let's not get carried away. But they still didn't lose. Um, he makes, he just, his gift is that he always makes the right play. No matter what, without fail. If somebody is open for a better shot, they get the basketball. And it's more that it goes deeper than that even. It's, guys have talked about it's not just throw it toward a guy. He puts it in a spot where he knows Jamal Murray wants it, where he knows Michael Porter Jr. wants it, where he knows Bruce Brown wants it. He is so smart. It's, you know, it's it, God created the perfect basketball mind and then just said, you're going to do it this way. You're not going to wow Anybody, you will never have a highlight reel anything except for these crazy Michael uh, Michael Malone calls it the Sambor swing, a nod to his hometown in Serbia when he throws these crazy soccer throw in three pointers, and even they go in. Um, it's it's so much fun to watch, and because it's not it's not super sexy basketball. He's not the high flyer. He's not going in for double pump anything or reverse anything. He just plays the game the right way and does it so much better than everyone else. It's he, he's got. I mean, Jimmy Butler is all world, especially as Mark said after tax day. He becomes all world. He becomes he's all world to begin with, and then he becomes all universe after tax day. And this is not any disrespect to Jimmy Butler, but he's going to have to be all galaxy to be the best player on the court in the series. That's just how good Nikola Jokic is, and Jimmy Butler's incredible. But Nikola Jokic just does things that nobody in the league can do. Does the layoff hurt the Nuggets? May 22nd is the last time they played. 
I don't. I, yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna say that they'll be ready. Uh, the the rest versus rust is always interesting because it has been nine days, and then you've got the Miami Heat who just went seven every other day and had to come right to Denver and play at altitude. So if there's any disadvantage to being off, it, it might be negated out by whatever the Heat are going through. Um, you know, that, that'd be my guess going in. And, and Mark, you've done enough of these, and I've done enough of them too. Um, we may as well let the listeners remind them of uh, what they're going to see Thursday night. Uh, the first quarter of an NBA Finals, it's really never that good. That's <laughs> true. It's such a circus on the court. There's 83,000 people who have to be down on the court before the game to be seen, to be whatever. I, I, there's, it's, it's almost like they're getting in the way of warm-ups. Like, it's just such an unusual thing. Warm, the introductions take forever, and then there's videos, and there's tributes, and you know, the Nuggets are going to have their mascot doing who knows what. It, it is a absolute three-ring carnival just before game one of an NBA Finals. And I think it's well, a player some time to settle in. And we had that at the start of the Western Conference Finals, too. One of the um, shot clocks was not operating. And oh, my they, gosh. They, they had, like, the 12-foot ladder out there, and they're taking cameras down so they can get the shot clock off. And uh, the Nuggets couldn't uh, get shots up. And uh, then they had to put the shot clocks in the corner. Everybody was out of sorts in the first on top of uh, everything else that was going on. And, but you're right. It's when the league takes over, and they do so many good things. You know, from the entertainment perspective, I'm, I'm not banging on that. But it's different. It's longer. There's a different feel. Um, and then for me, as an East Coaster, when things are starting at 6:30, it's odd to begin with. So <laughs> game, game game one in San Antonio, 2014, the last oh. time I will ever wear a tan suit in my life because I sweated through it because it was a no air conditioning. That's right. Weird think, things happen in game ones. Yeah. I picked a bad day to, uh, I couldn't wear my contact lenses. I had like double eye infection for game one doing studio. Fortunately, the great Kevin Calabro was on the call, but I remember I had a really bad pair of glasses and those things would not stay on my face because there was so much sweat pouring down. I totally <laughs> forgot about that, Jim. Thank you for that memory. I'll tell you this. So LeBron James cramps in that game and he was getting, I believe it was, I've been told it was two. I remember it being four. He had, multiple IV bags in him after the game because he was so dehydrated and so cramped. So he did, they didn't have him do media. They sent in a pool reporter. In this case, it was me, who looked like he had just gotten out of a pool. <laughs> I had on this... I guess I thought it was Obama or something. I was wearing a tan suit. I was sitting way in the top of AT&T Center in San Antonio. And I was, I mean, I was just, I mean, the sweat, the, the, the oh. suit didn't make it home. The suit, there was no saving it. It was just ruined. And LeBron James is basically flat on his back on a trainer's table. When I walk into this room, accompanied by the great Tim Frank of the NBA to get the quotes that everyone will get. It's not just for the AP. It's a pool report. Everybody's going to get them. LeBron looks like he's on a gurney, right? There's so many tubes in him and whatnot. And he just turns towards, turns his head towards the door to see me walk in. And he sits up like a shot and goes, what the hell happened to you? <laughs> <laughs> I just remember because, you know, we get to June, middle of June, as these series go on. And we were in San Antonio for so many years. And uh, my boss, who has since retired, even though we're on radio and sometimes we're not even in camera shot, it was always, you know, coat and tie at the very least, if not a suit. And you would you know, sweat five pounds off before you even got into AT&T Center. And the same for Miami, too. I remember, uh, I think it was the, um, the the championship in 12. That was the first, right, for uh, for LeBron in Miami. And he cramped and, the game four. And I remember walking back to the Kimpton Epic Hotel because the, the roads were so crammed with people that you couldn't get out of the parking lot. And I think it was Will Perdue was my, uh, my studio analyst on site. And the two of us sweated through suits, walking a mile back to the hotel. It was still like 100% humidity at 11 p.m. or midnight or whatever time it was when we when we left the building. Uh, so there's a few cities that I still recall uh, having a good schmitz before you go in. And we will relive that in Miami for Game 3. I look forward well, to that. The good news about the sweat and the humidity in Miami now is that when you're making that walk to the Epic or to the JW Marriott Marquis or any of the other hotels that are 
kind of walkable from the arena. Uh, the good news now is that it's not just humid. Now we flood. <laughs> now flooding is a huge problem in that area. So, yeah, it, it's just we just try to make it. We just we just try to do and improve things every year to make this make this somehow make the experience worse. Well, Let's just enjoy the uh, seventy degrees and the Rocky Mountain weather for the first. Yes, sir. Days. Well, Tim, let me ask you something. I mean, obviously, Miami is right now the hotbed of the winter sports scene with not only the Heat, the, the Florida Panthers with their incredible run to the Stanley Cup final. They'll take on the Vegas Golden Knights starting Saturday night in Las Vegas. You have covered some of those uh, games uh, for the AP. Uh, what is the mood like down there with, with the Panthers? I mean, obviously a lot of the Heat talk, but it seems like the Panthers, you know, they're, they're going after the first Stanley Cup. They're, it's, their, it's their second final, the first since 1996. What's the buzz been like down there? I don't know, and I don't care what it is. As the beat writer for both teams for the AP, I'm tired, Ken. I'm freaking tired. I mean, I'm looking at my schedule for the next two weeks. This is brutal. What am I going to do? And so, of course, what am I trying to figure out today? Gee, how can I get to Vegas for game two? I'm trying to figure out, can I work that in? Can I get to Vegas on Saturday for game two, for game one of the cup final? Um, it, it's just incredible down there right now. First of all, it's so cool that and the fans have been coming back to hockey. They really have down there. They've gotten great atmospheres really since the year of the pandemic. The pandemic year, the Panthers were allowed to have 20% capacity in their building. They led the league by averaging 3,500 a night in attendance that year because most places could get like 200, if any, in the building. That core of Panther fans, they were loud. They enjoyed it. And they've stuck, that core has stuck around, and they've brought friends. Now you have the season ticket holder base pre-pandemic. They're back. It's an incredibly hot ticket. They are You can't get Panther tickets. Forget getting heat tickets for the finals. You can't get Panther tickets for the Stanley Cup final. There's been all of this great cross-promotion, but it's genuine. You know, Jimmy Butler wearing a Matthew Kachuk jersey. Um, you know, Matthew Kachuk was down at uh, Game 6. Of the Stanley of, of the of the Eastern Conference Final the other night with the TNT guys hanging out with Chuck and Shaq, mm-hmm. the, the coaches are all talking about one another. It's it's so cool. It's only the tenth time that a metro area, not one city, because Sunrise is about thirty five miles north of where the Heat play in downtown Miami, the tenth time that one area has gotten the chance to play for both Larry and Stanley in the same season. They've never pulled it off. No one's ever no one's ever gotten them both. There have been a couple of years of Larry, a couple of years of Stanley, a couple of years where they both lose. Matthew Kachuk has talked openly about this. How cool would it be? I mean, obviously he wants a cup so badly, but he wants a cup with a Larry O'Brien yeah. in the market as well. It's a really, it's a super exciting time for everybody but me because I am exhausted. I, I, I went in this 1980 in Philadelphia with the Flyers and the uh, Sixers both making the final that year. Of course, Sixers losing to the Lakers in six games in that Urban Magic Johnson uh, great game six and the Flyers getting screwed by Leon Stickle. I'm still bitter about that. I'm still bitter about Leon Stickle. It's time to let it go, Ken. You got to let it go. Let me tell you a quick story. New York State Hockey Hall, uh, Hall of Fame had their first induction last year. Bob Neister was one of the inductees. And I, uh, I had a chance to talk with him. I said, the first thing I said, you ruined my 1980. And he laughed. <laughs> and, and the other thing well, is, I, I... The other thing I, I'm is, always impressed with uh, with uh, our, our good pal uh, Kenny Albert uh, will be center stage for Stanley Cup. I I used to love covering hockey, you know, coming from the area that we all come from, and then I kind of got funneled into a, a basketball uh, universe, and so I basically get the first week of the regular season, and then I check back in, you know, during the Stanley Cup Finals because it's it's usually every other day with the NBA finals and uh, it's just been it's been great to watch floor I always root for the underdogs when I have uh, no dog in the hunt and that's exactly uh, uh, what the Panthers have been so it's it's been great to watch without any idea of strategy or roster I'm embarrassed to say after these last uh, five or six years really being immersed in the NBA yeah Final question for you guys, and uh, this is a pop uh, culture quiz with the recent passing of uh, Tina Turner. Your favorite Tina Turner song? 
Ooh, favorite Tina Turner song. I feel like um, when my daughter was younger, you know, we always did uh, Proud Mary in the house, her version of it. Yes. And my daughter would dance around the living room like, uh, like Tina, you nice. know, uh, nice. all the gyrations and, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and everything. So I'm probably going to go there. I don't, I don't have a, a deep, intimate knowledge of all of Tina's songs, but that one sticks out forefront. Tim? I'm on a pod with Ken Shaw and Mark Kestisher. How can I not say simply the best? (laughs) (laughs) Well played. Well played. Well played, though. Well, you can cover, uh, watch uh, Tim, uh, read Tim's uh, Reynolds' coverage in the uh, course. You see, we'll run that in Daily Gazette. uh, He covers the NBA Finals. You can listen to Mark Kestisher along with PJ Carlissimo and Doris Burke. Doris Burke, if I can talk, (laughs) on the uh, ESPN radio for the NBA coverage. Guys, great uh, roundtable once again, and uh, we'll do this again uh, next season. Always great to be on with both of you guys. I always learn something. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Kenny. Thank you, Mark. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Don't, don't sweat through any more uh, suits, please. I, that's, uh, <laughs> I have a bad vision of that now. <laughs> should have seen it in real time. Oh, it was worse. Yeah. <laughs> no matter what you're thinking, it was worse. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Coming up, I will talk about the uh, Albany Empire and the uh, interesting situations they're going through. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast. So, how are the kids? Well, Emily made the honor roll. Oh, good for her. Yeah, we're really proud of her. Tyler, on the other hand, though. What's going on? He's been moody lately, just feeling down and not like himself. Oh, we've been there. Nick was struggling last spring. He was so anxious and stressed. Really? What helped? Well, he joined the soccer team. And ever since, he's been a lot happier. He has more energy, he's less stressed, and he's definitely in a better mood at home. It's made a huge difference. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm glad he's getting out of the house, he's getting some exercise, and he's off his phone for once. It's been good for his mental health. Sounds like it's been good for your mental health, too. Participating in New York high school sports improves students' physical and mental health. Encourage your son or daughter to get involved. This message presented by NISFA and the New York State Athletic Administrators Association. Hello, this is John D. Augustine, the publisher at the Daily Gazette. You're listening to the Parting Shots podcast with Daily Gazette sports editor Ken Schott. Welcome back to the podcast and a fair chance for me to do some commentary on this podcast and uh, I think it's appropriate uh, with the Albany Empire. Uh, yeah, arena football has been big around here for years, You know, going back to the Albany Firebirds days and the Arena Football League. Uh, the Empire, you know, defending two-time defending National Arena League champions. And really, they, they've you know, some good football down there and great people to, to deal with over the uh, last couple of years. But then the clown show came into town. Antonio Brown, uh, he was a great wide receiver for the NFL, but he uh, had some issues, uh, you know, behavioral issues, and it ended up, you know, yeah, if you remember his re- the last game he played for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he walked off the field, took, took off his uh, shirt, took off his shoulder pads, and just basically uh, told him, you know, at, this game was at, at, uh, at uh, East Rutherford, New Jersey, at the MetLife Stadium, and he just walked off and that was the last we saw of uh, Antonio Brown as an NFL player. Uh, he got into the ownership group. He basically uh, taken over his ownership group of the uh, Empire. And from the moment we heard that Antonio Brown was coming into this, you just had to figure this was something's not going to go right with this thing. And from the get-go, it's been bad. It has really been bad. Uh, coaches have come and gone. Players have come and gone. It's just, it's ridiculous. Antonio Brown has just basically uh, tarnished the image of the empire. I mean, I don't know how this the league can keep keep, keep this going. I mean, the, 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 the fact that the league has not stepped in, uh, at least from uh, the public view, the league hasn't stepped in and you know told Antonio Brown to cut it out. Uh, he teased that he was he might be in uniform for uh, last Saturday's game against uh, Fayetteville, and it turned out he was on the field twice, 
not in uniform. He was in his suit. Uh, he was uh, taking some photos with fans, shaking fans' hands at halftime. And at the end of the third quarter, he was uh, on the field for the T-shirt toss contest. But uh, there were various media reports that his medical report had not been uh but his medical report was still waiting for approval, and he wasn't on the twenty man, twenty uh, one man roster, active roster for that game. And I think a lot of those fans who came to the game Saturday were hoping to see Antonio Brown play. And uh, I get the feeling that uh, there was a lot of unhappy people there, and just uh, I can't imagine what. Um, MVP Arena General Manager Bob Belber sing at this point. I mean, he deserves better. The the whole area deserves better. Antonio Brown, like I said, has recently turned one a once proud franchise into a dumpster fire. There is no doubt about that. I think at the end of this season, um, the empire will be done. I just I don't have any none. I'm just stating an opinion right here. I think the empire will be done because Antonio Brown basically ruin the franchise and ruin any goodwill that this team had with the fans and uh, I mean it's, it's it's clown it's a clown show let's face it, it's a clown show I mean I don't I don't really care I don't want to see Antonio Brown play if it I mean I'm, I'm waiting for my appointment as coach for crying out loud I mean if, if they're bringing coaches in left and right I mean it's 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 a, it's a nuts it's nuts it's just basically a situation that should have never happened and it, it's gotten to the point now where nobody would want to I don't think wants to go see a bad football team that is being run into the ground by Antonio Brown that is my opinion, and I hope uh, yeah, I like to hear what you think. Or you know, you can email me at shot at dailygazette.com because it's S C H O T T. I would love to hear what you, the fans of the Empire, think of what is going on with this team. Welcome to up. We're going to wrap up the podcast and have the latest winner in the Daily Gazette's Auto Racing Contest in just a moment. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast. If you really want to know what's going on in your community, you have to read the Daily Gazette. We don't take a side. We're right down the middle, and we're going to get to the truth. Our reporters and photographers are out in the field bringing you updates every minute with trust, accuracy, and integrity. From the first page to the last page, independent, probing journalism. We're finding out what's going on in the community where nobody else is covering. It's who we are. It's what we do. Take the Daily Gazette, the local voice of the Capital Region, along with you wherever you go. Want to win an Apple iPad? Download the app at either the Apple App Store or Google Play and enter the contest inside the app to win. Don't wait. The contest ends July 31st at midnight. The winner will be notified by the email used to enter the contest. Good luck! Hi, this is Daily Gazette reporter Natasha Von Holdridge. You're listening to the Party Shots podcast with Daily Gazette sports editor Ken Shaw. Back to wrap up the podcast. The week 14 winner in the Daily Gazette's auto racing contest was Kathleen Crowhula of Schenectady with 35 points. Kathleen wins a $50 ShopRite gift card. Congratulations, Kathleen. The VIP winner was Nick Platell of Grand Premier Tires with 50 points. I'll announce the auto racing contest winner's name, and that winner's name will appear in Friday's Daily Gazette. To play, go to dailygazette.com and click on the auto racing contest banner. Just because COVID-19 mandates are easing, that does not mean you should relax. Be vigilant. If you have not gotten vaccinated or a booster shot, please do so. Do it for yourself. Do it for your family and do it for your friends. That wraps up another edition of the Parting Shots podcast. I want to thank Tim Reynolds and Mark Kessinger for coming on the show. If you have questions or comments about the podcast, email them to me at shot, that's S-C-H-O-T-T at dailygazette.com. Follow me on Twitter at Slapshots. The views expressed on the Parting Shots podcast are not necessarily those of the Daily Gazette Company. The Parting Shots podcast is a production of the Daily Gazette Company. I'm Daily Gazette sports editor Ken Schott. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time.
From the Party Shots Podcast Studio in Schenectady, New York, good day, good sports, and I leave you with one more song from the great Tina Turner. What an incredible talent. We were blessed to hear her incredible music. She was a true superstar, and she will be missed. Thank you, Tina. You were... You simply...